Hello, and welcome to the Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith. And once again, uh, I'm super excited about our guest this week. Uh, we got somebody who's near and dear to my heart, uh, one of my fraternity brothers, uh, Dr. Sean Robinson. What's going on there, over there, Dr. Robinson? How you feeling today? I'm pretty good. You doing good? Yes. All right. I don't mess up. No, man, there is no messing up on the cash. This is just the cash. No, no. Hey, so can you uh, please share a little something about yourself and uh, what is your connection to the city of Oshkosh? Uh, my connect. Well, let me start with my connection with the uh, with the cash first, and I think that will talk about about who I am. And um, so I started in. Uh, the Project Success Program here at, in the Kosh at University of Wisconsin Oshkosh in '96. Mm. Um, but when I started, um, I was uh, reading at an elementary level, so um, I was very illiterate, um, and I had no real strong academic background coming into college. And okay. so um, the Kosh was the first city after high school college that it accepted me and allowed me to blossom into who I am today. So, um, you know, a little bit about myself, uh, you know, outside of being a husband, a father, a scholar, researcher, author, um, you know, I think for me, what really uh, drives my identity of who I am is somebody who um, has dyslexia and somebody who's had to um, overcome um challenges associated with um, having dyslexia and not knowing how to read and starting uh, here in Oshkosh as an 18 year old who was scared, immature, you know, angry, bitter, you know, just a lot of emotions. So um, that's my connection with Oshkosh is it was a place that allowed me to become from a boy to a man in a sense, in a professional. So um, really, if it wasn't for university. Um, I don't think I could be speaking with um, authority on this, that I would be here sitting in front of you having this conversation with you or even the past that I had in life. So um, that's, you know, a little bit about myself in terms of where I've, uh, I've come from. But, you know, I guess something else is, uh, you know, I'm, I, I like to, to bike. I'm an avid biker. Um, wait, 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 wait. B- break that down. What, do, what kind of biking do you do? Uh, get on my bike with my my legs and spin my legs. No, come on, man. <laughs> come on now. You can do better than that. Uh, I guess it's a drive, man. I'm addicted. I do a lot of centuries. So last... Um, Wait, what's a century? 100 miles. What? Yes, 100 miles. Man, you so you literally get on a bike. And just go. And do 100 miles. 100 plus miles. How many days does that take? Oh, it doesn't take me days at all. What you mean? Takes seven, six and a half, seven hours. For so for six, seven, seven and a half hours, you just bike straight and just knock out a hundred miles. Pretty much. Man, come on now. No, uh, no one wants to go with me. Uh let me let me be one of those people that do not want to go with you. And I'm not about that life. Uh you know, I, I think I enjoy riding a bike like the next person. It's called leisurely. Uh, there is no hundred miles. I'm lucky if I get a couple good blocks in. 
Well, it, it is technically leisure because it's biking. It's just doing a hundred miles. No, nah, man. There's nothing leisure about a hundred miles. There's there. <laughs> I don't know about you. There's nothing, bro. There's nothing <laughs> leisure about a hundred miles. Yeah, in October we biked from here from the Kosh uh, to Evanston, Illinois, in one day. So I biked uh, Evanston. So Illinois, you biked from Oshkosh to the next state in one day. Mm-hmm. Took us just under thirteen hours. Um, a couple of my um, biking buddies from Will and Sprocket here in Oshkosh. Oh, shout and, out to Will and Sprocket. Yep. And so they um, sponsored the ride, and uh, they followed us in the in the in the van. So I started with uh, Kurt and uh, Bob and then Dave at the time, who's the general manager now in the Appleton store, um, and Emily. They drove the van and followed us, and we biked till we got to the border of Illinois. And then some of my frat brothers who bike um, continued to bike ride with us from the border into Evanston. That's got to feel good, man. That's an amazing feat. Like, uh, that's, like I can't even uh, imagine that that. Biking, biking, something like that. That's like people who do triathlons and and run marathons and stuff like that. Yeah, I just I get out and just go. It's like my therapy. It's like my uh, my time to reflect on life and and just go. And I think it started because I have a lot of friends who do Ironman and you know they do all those long bike rides and running and swimming. And I can't run. So uh, once I tried my first hundred mile bike ride, I failed. And I failed, and I failed, and I failed. And I got so addicted to not wanting to fail anymore, so I just kept trying. And then it just became, like, natural. So I just get out and just go. Like, mm, I, I think there's a lesson in life on that right there. I'm going to have to. Uh, we, uh, that's a definitely a lesson in life, and we'll, we'll have to. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. How about that? Sure. All right. So you ready to jump into the first segment? Not really. No, I'm joking. Stop that. <laughs> Stop it. All right. So uh, the um, this is the segment we call what in the world is going on with. And so you start the sentence with what in the world is going on. And then you finish with what in the world is going on with. Give us, give us your topic. Um, social justice, I guess. Oh, in, in a sense. Because okay. everything right now in the world is, you know, um, if it's health, if it's COVID, if it's, you know, uh, people from uh, underserved communities not giving access to COVID or comorbidities in terms of health or education or, you know, uh, maybe business. But social justice is pretty big in any aspect that um, we look or frame. It's always going to be there. That's true. That's true. Um, I want to get you to elaborate a little bit on some of the some of the things that you mentioned in there, and um, social justice. I mean, uh, I feel social justice. I've, I, you know, God knows, I, I've taken my fair share of uh, educational opportunities about the topic in itself. What stands out to you? What it, What do you think? Because it's a broad. That's a broad umbrella, right? All right. Um, what did what in social justice um what what's important to you what what stands out to you about the term social justice uh <clears throat> just making sure that people have uh equal access and affordability to certain situations and certain things um 
You know, I know there's a lot of debate that, you know, people should have to work harder to get what they want or um, not blame other people. And my thing is that a lot of individuals don't come from the same uh, social economic backgrounds. And so um, if I could help somebody uh, move forward in their in their life and provide them opportunity and to have a voice and a platform, then I feel I've done my job justice. And I feel like to me that's a part of social justice is opening the door for people behind me to come through or even somebody next to me who might be struggling in their own personal lives to uh, allow them a, a platform to find themselves, uh, you know, in, in a, a better place in their, in their own personal lives. I'm with you on that. No. Um, I'm, I'm for anything where we, as a people, as a community, as a village, are trying to take care of each other. I think I can't. That's so important overall that that's something we have to do. We got to take care of each other. We got to look out for each other. I know um, society kind of, it feels as if they're, you know, I'm, I'm not against the whole pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of idea. Cause I do think, you know, you have to work at things, but in the same sense, um, opportunity is not equally distributed. Correct. Right. And so that is where we are only as good as the least of us. That, that's very true. So I'm, I'm all for when there's opportunities to help and get others um, into good places. It only makes for a stronger us. That's true. And <clears throat> another thing is that um, when we talk about social justice or, you know, talk about opportunities, um, there's a lot of division in the world, right? And everyone keeps talking about division between maybe cultures or, you know, people of color or religion. But at the end of the day is, is that a lot of people have a lot of similarities. So if we can listen to each other and really understand that at the end of the day that we really want the best for our communities and our families, then we can then bypass the whole you know, narrative about differences because we could talk about differences until we die. Like, you know, it just, we could be, become angry. We become emotional. Like that doesn't solve anything. But if we sit down and have some good dialogue where there is differences, but we're just like, you know what? We have a lot of things that's similar. And I think we can move forward, but it's, 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 I, I honestly don't ever feel like as people in the United States, as citizens, as Americans, we don't really have that big of a, uh, of differences. I don't care, you know, who you are, what your religion, uh, sexual orientation, culture, race, none of that. Like none of it's that different. Like it's real simple to me. There's some basics. Uh, everybody wants a decent job that makes them, that gives them an identity that they feel good about. Right. And everybody needs to make enough money to be able to eat, sleep in a decent place, and if they have a family, take care of them too, right? Take yes. care of them children's. That's true. You know? And and then, you know, everybody wants to have good relationships with other people. That's true. And, and so um, there's so much, you know, 
there's so much in common. First of all, I don't know no American that likes uh, that 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 likes high taxes. <laughs> I don't care who you are. You know what I'm saying? But then again, I'm also in the belief that you need to pay them things because that's for the greater good of all of us, not for some of us. Right. Yep. We all want a, a decent car that runs food to taste good. You know, just, just the basics. I, I just think there's basics and those basics are universal across almost every, every category of person that you, you could, could mention. Yes, that's true. That's very true. Okay. Uh, You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to jump in here for a quick second and do my, uh, what in the world is going on with. So what in the world is going on with fast food prices? Bruh, let me tell you something, man. (laughs) So I went, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say where I went, but I'm going to tell you what I did. I, I, I was, I was, uh, going from work, uh, hungry i was i had a half day so i was going in around lunchtime i was like all right i'm gonna go grab something for to 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 eat right i was like i'm gonna grab a burger i'm gonna grab some fries i'm gonna grab a soda right now i remember a time in my life that that there of basically what i would equivalent out to a value meal you know what i'm hollering about that value meal was sub ten dollars you know that that value meal was probably more like six, seven, seven fifty, seven seventy five, something like that, right? Why is the value meal over ten dollars now? Actually, over eleven dollars, like close to twelve dollars. That's one person eating in fast food. I I don't know, but I I can relate because my we take our boys every once in a while to uh, get happy meals, and it's expensive. It's sometimes twenty bucks. I'm like twenty bucks for. Wait, how many Happy Meals is twenty dollars? Well, not technically twenty dollars, but it's like fourteen. And then if you get like an extra fry, large fry, you know, the total then adds up to, you know, between fifteen and twenty dollars. And I'm like, for four nuggets and a fry and apple juice and a kids toy, you're telling me this is like seven, eight bucks just for this one meal? That's what. Wait, that's what's in a Happy Meal. Pretty much. You get four nuggets. You get four or six nuggets right. with, a, with an apple juice and a small fry and a, and a little toy. Is it a good toy? Well, to the kids, they love them. Yes. All right. You know what? Look, a good toy is invaluable if it creates peace with the children's. <laughs> yeah, it only, only lasts for so long and then it ends up <laughs> going in the, in the garbage. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. All right, but it, so. it, I mean, it's, it's supply and demand. It's always going to be there. You know that they have a high uh, volume of traffic, and um, you know I'm sure, you know, um, prices could be going up too. I mean, who knows? But yes, it's it's expensive. I definitely think food prices have gone up since uh, the pandemic. I just think, uh, you know, I could be maybe I'm off base in this, but I, I do sense that going to the grocery store comes out just a little bit more than it used to come out prior to COVID. Yes, it definitely uh, jacked some prices up. Yeah, and I don't think that's just me sitting at home eating, working from the working from the house. I just, I, I actually do think there's a cost analysis here that things have gone up. Yes, I agree with you on that one. All right, so you ready for uh, segment two? 
Segment two is our word association segment. Okay. And uh, this is where you, I mention a word, and you you tell me what comes to mind. Okay. All right. First word, food. Uh, Avocado. That's Uh, a food, isn't it? It. You eat it, so yes. yeah. It's a, why, what's up with avocados, though? I just like avocados; they're good, they're healthy, and they um, source, I guess, protein. And I mean, or you know, uh, vegetable too, I guess, in a sense. I mean, I, I love them. I put them on everything. I put them on eggs, sandwiches, uh, omelets. Mm-mm. All right, hey, I feel you on the avocados. I actually never had really eaten avocados until I saw you eat an avocado. And then I was like, I'm going to give it a try. I'm at least going to give it a chance. And then I gave it a chance. And, and I have to say, I like avocados. They straight. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just, they, they, they're filling too. And they're just a good source of, uh, you know, food. I'm not going to lie. I'm not eating them for no health aspects to it. I just actually like avocados, you know, and, and guacamole. I'm all there you about go. that Guacamole, life. yes. All right, cool. Next word, Amazon. Um, Amazon. Well, two things. My wife likes to shop on Amazon. <laughs> Bruh. Fact. Uh, two, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably the largest distribution place in the world in America, and it seems like that's the place that's going to dominate, you know, um, Retail sales. I mean, everything goes through Amazon. Hey, I look, I actually, I am a huge advocate of uh, Amazon purchases. And I'm going to tell you why. You know why I like Amazon so much? Because it is the most equal opportunity shopping experience there is. Yes. You know, that Amazon don't care about what you look like. That's very true. I'll keep Am- about your money. Yeah. Amazon does not care who you are. It does not care about anything. Amazon delivers the package to your door, and it's an equal opportunity shopping experience. I ain't never been followed by Amazon. That's, that's true. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I ain't never had no problems with Amazon and, and the return policy is pretty nice too. Once again, I'm gonna give a shout out to Amazon. Hey, if anybody from Amazon's ever out there listening to the cash, you know, if you want to go on and sponsor the cash, look, I'm open to it. Let's talk about it. All right. Be a good partnership. Hey, we can work with them. We can work with them. All right. Next word. You ready? Yes. Music. Uh, two things come to my mind, I guess. One, um, smooth jazz, and then two meditation music. Is that what you listen to? Yeah, I don't know a lot of uh, artists in terms of the, the smooth jazz. I just um, asked Alexis to play smooth jazz at my home, and that's what I, I listen to when I write. <laughs> is that what you do? Just just highlight Alexa, be like, "Hey, break out that smooth jazz." Pretty pretty much. Yep, I feel you on that. And then the meditation when I when I sleep or if I'm just uh, need to uh, get out of my own head, I just want some. Meditation music and let it ride, I guess. Do you ever do the meditations where they, they actually talk you through the meditations? Um, I have with my wife before. We've done that where they, you know, 
explicitly tell you how to breathe and they kind of walk you through the steps. Yes. And I kind of get distracted. So I'm like, I can't do this. I need to just. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you on that. Like uh, definitely uh, you can easily let other things flow into that, that, uh, that orbit or that feeling while you're there trying to, uh, it's basically hypnotism. It's basically them trying to hypnotize. All right. Okay. Next word. Sports. Um, probably going to get myself jumped here when I leave. Anti-Packers. No, I'm just joking, man. Hey, it's okay. Look, <laughs> it look, it ain't nothing personal in this joint. You know, are you, it, hey, who's your team if it ain't the Packers? The Bears. Bruh. <laughs> look, <laughs> that ain't going to get you jumped, but it's definitely going to cause you some issues around these parts in the Wisconsin now. That's true. Now, that, that being said, I'm not, if anybody that truly knows me, I'm not a true fan of any sport in particular. I'm not a sports sports guy. I follow sports just enough to to know what the hell is going on in the world. But uh, the Bears? Why the Bears, man? I just, you know, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and um, went to a lot of Bears games when I was a young kid. And, uh, okay. You nope, know. that's fair. So it's hometown. Yeah. Bears are hometown. Yes. But okay. I guess another thing in sports, too, is I was reading something on ESPN today about a uh, football player, soccer, uh, in Europe. Uh, I think it was Europe or Ru- Russia that said uh, LeBron James needs to uh, pretty much um, close his mouth and not get into politics or social justice and just focus on playing. That was just on, on today. So when you think about sports, that's something else that came to mind is the whole, you know, who controls the narrative, you know, who wants us to speak. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, when we have a platform and we speak, and we speak with, uh, you know, uh, authority and being realistic and speaking from experience, uh, people want to silence us. And they don't want to hear our voices. And so um, that's in the sports world. I just thought about that when it came up. I read that today. I always find that to be like some, I find people that go down that road be, they're highly hypocritical. And And what I mean by that is on one side, they're saying, shut up and play the sport. But then let's say they shut up and play the sport and do something wrong then they jump on them about being role models right you can't have it both ways you know and if the role model side of the athlete decides that this is this is something he believes in and he's going to talk on it and just because you don't like it you don't get to come on the other side of it and then be mad if if it's on the other side of that coin right that doesn't that just doesn't sit well with me um, and number two, I, there's so many of our youth who look to sports as, um, connection with other, um, youth and growth and, uh, ways to learn about teamwork. And there, there's so much interwoven into sports. I just don't, um, I think it's an important thing, you know, and, and that our athletes, do have platforms and should get the opportunity to express how they feel. Um, I, you know, I know a whole lot of people that make a whole lot less than athletes that feel the need to express how they feel at their job and uh, can say what they want to say. So I don't see what the problem is with LeBron saying what he want to say. 
Yeah, you know, it goes, I mean, it goes back to, um, you know, um, the oppressor mentality. You know, you, you say, you speak when I tell you to speak, and you speak of information that I tell you what's okay to speak of, you know. And, and so for me, you know, um, I'm all about people having the voice and having the platform, and they need to be able to articulate their thoughts in a way that's going to get their point across. And for me personally, I'll be damned if somebody tells me I need to be quiet. Like, I'm a grown man, first of all, and I'm going to speak what I'm going to speak. And if you don't like it, well, you know, that's that's your problem, not mine. I'm going to go home and still be play Xbox. I'm still going to go home and play with my, my two kids. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just it's the truth. You know? I You know, I understand where you're coming from. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that you don't get a say in things unless you're paying a bill in the house. So if you, you, you want to tell, uh, if you want to say in how things are done or you want to say what can and can't be done, uh, I got a, I got some bills over here that you are more than welcome to co-sign your name to, and then you can have a say. <laughs> All right. You ready for the next one? Uh, sure. All right. Uh, education. Uh, freedom. Elaborate. Well, you know, education um, opens doors, uh, provides opportunities we talked about before, um, not just for income and salary, but allows people to make pivots, allows them to grow, um, allows them to really um understand their place within their uh, respective disciplines. And uh, really, it just, uh, education is something that no one can ever take back from you. You know, but there's two types of education, right? There's the book education with degrees, and then there's real life street experience education. And I'm not talking about streets from like people think, you say streets, they think about the ghetto or the hood or inner city. No, Streets could be anything. It could be your lived experiences, your life experiences, anything that you have overcome personally, uh, traumatic experiences, uh, anything that you have experienced that brought you out of um, was your best teacher, your your best experience, your best lesson. And so uh, those two things together are uh, provide, uh, you know, a, a, a to me, a platform for somebody to be an authoritative and realistic in their their uh, specific disciplines, and so education is very important. I think, you know, um, again, not everyone has equal access to education. Yep. Not everyone has access to um, affordable education. That's true. And not everyone has access to equal education. So, um, and that's where it becomes the has and have nots, and that's where people get left behind is within the the context of the education space and. I don't care if it's here in Akash, you know, if it's in rural, you know, um, Iowa or New Mexico or the inner city of Milwaukee. Like, it's universal. Uh, there's there's families who are struggling across the board. Um, and so education to me is near and dear to my heart, just my own experience. So, um, you know, I think it leads to, uh, personally to me, I think it leads to a, a, a life of freedom and allows you to really live um uh, the American dream, but then you ask yourself, what is really the American dream? Uh, and, you know, so I just think it, it provides opportunities for people to um, to reflect and you know, even do what you're doing, you know, starting a podcast and, you know, having a platform and uh, through your own uh, educational experiences, you know, you decided 
this is what you want to do. So I think it just opens doors for people. It gives them an opportunity, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's super it, – it can be super important, but education comes in a lot of different forms. I'm not talking that it's got to be something where you got to sit down in a classroom. There's a lot of places to gain education from. Um, but it, we, we get, we all need places to learn from. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it, it's interesting to say that my, my cousin, um, on my dad's side, I think he's 54 now, but he's, uh, he's straight street from the South side of Chicago, seven Athens roads, straight, uh, H double O D. I'm from the suburbs, uh, middle upper class, uh, white community, and, but when I was navigating my undergrad and master's program, I probably learned more from him than some of my own um, faculty members about life and experience. And so I went to class and I was writing things in my papers. My professors were like, that's interesting theory. How'd you learn about that? I said, my cousin. They said, where's your cousin go to school? I said, the streets. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, in a sense, he, he, he taught me more about, you know, embracing your, your, your world lived experiences and, you know, told me what not to do uh, and, and kept encouraging me to continue my education because, you know, um, education is important, man. It just, it's just, it's a great equalizer. Uh, it, it can be. You know, I think there's a couple of things that, that come up as the equalizer. Education can be one of them, but that's, I would say that sometimes that only works if it's good education. There's bad education out there yeah. and then it ain't equalizing. It could be making the, the road harder to, to, to hoe, so to say. Yes. Uh, yes. And, um, I see that now being at the community college and I'm sure it's at the universities too, where, you know, this generation of, uh, Students that are coming out of the high school systems and even some of the adult learners have been pushed through the system. And when they get to college, it's like they hit a, a major wall because they really don't know how to uh, navigate their their learning and because they've been failed by the system. And they don't have the, the strategies, the reading comprehension strategies, the uh, effective communication strategies, the, the writing strategies to to navigate. So essentially, as you said, they received the bad education. And so I'm thinking, like, how did you make it through high school to get in college, and, and you're this like this low? And I'm thinking it's not it's not your fault. Like you're you you are not at fault for this. You've been failed uh, miserably by the education system. Yeah, and then that being said. I wasn't even necessarily addressing that directly to education. I was actually thinking about, um, which, I mean, that exists. I, you know, it, it, I've seen it. But I was actually thinking more like uh, even just people teaching each other, right? Oh, yeah. You have, it's a, you could go to, you can go to, uh, Friends, you can go to family, you know, family, you might have that one uncle that's teaching you that stuff that's a little off, right? <laughs> or or you got your friends in school that's that's teaching you something something a little off, 
You know what I'm saying? That's true. And, no, that, that is true. You know, I'm I'm going to bring up some friends I had early on in my college uh, journey when uh, I was trying to learn about financial aid, and it was giving me horrible financial aid advice. And I was like, yeah, I'm not still paying for that. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's uh, because uh, if we think about it, uh, I guess this goes back, this will go to the other word phrase association. It's like everyone, when we communicate, everyone wants to have an answer. Everyone wants to have advice. Everyone wants to think they're right. Everyone wants to, you know, uh, think their idea is the best. And it's like, nah, just stay in your lane. You know, if you don't know it, that's okay. just admit it. You don't know it. Don't try to jump into another lane and embarrass yourself and then give bad advice because that's not, that doesn't help you or anybody else either. It's hard. I think it's hard for some people to just flat out. Like I've gotten very used to just flat out being honest and saying, I don't know. I don't know what that is or I don't know about that. But I think for some people, I'm going to say my experience is there's a lot of Wisconsin know-it-alls walking around. That's and, everywhere, though. Yeah, it, I mean, it's everywhere. But, uh, you know, I, hey, look, I'm I'm just talking about my personal experiences. No, I'm, I'm with you. You know, uh, I tell people, you know, I was have to admit, I was one of those people when I first finished my Ph.D., I thought, oh, I need to be the expert at everything. I need to, you know, ha- have my hand in this, that, and the other. And I got hit hard. Like, um, hit, well, I mean hit hard. I mean, like, spiritually I got hit hard. Uh, my wife hit me hard. Not physically, but you just it, uh, just to experience my, my friends, my pastor. They're like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to be somebody that you're not? And why are you trying to jump into all these different lanes when you know that these lanes are not yours? And it's gonna backfire on you. And I was like, it's not gonna backfire on me. And then it backfired on me. Bruh. <laughs> All right. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that. So that's why I just stay in my lane, you know. Like you say, I don't know. I'm okay with not knowing. And if I don't know, I'm gonna try to find someone who does know that can help. So that's that's right. Or if it's interesting enough, I might actually try to learn. Yes. So I know. Yes. All right. So um the next segment is called the Naughty or Slash Heroes Corner. Um, it's your opportunity to nominate somebody to it, whether you want to uh, call somebody out on something or it doesn't, not necessarily a person. It could be a, a situation, organization, whatever. Or you can celebrate somebody or same same situation. So what are you thinking over there? What you feeling there, Dr. Robinson? Uh, hmm. Who do I nominate? Uh, I I guess in a sense, you know, um, I guess I would not got yes. Let me take that back. I would uh, nominate uh, my wife for a couple reasons. One, outside of her being uh, a doctor, a nurse anesthetist. I think that um, the fact that she persevered through her doc program and was the first um, African-American student to graduate, I think it speaks volumes, particularly coming from the Kosh and coming from uh, where we are at, uh, particularly uh, today um, with limited uh, resources in terms of... um, the healthcare and, you know, not having many um, professionals, health practitioners who 
of our color. And so I think, uh, you know, uh, she's a hero in a sense because she works in the front line um, in the hospital every day, you know, dealing with uh, not just surgeries and operate, you know, but also the whole COVID thing, too. Now, that that there more so than anything else to me makes her a hero and uh no no ifs ands or buts i think anybody who's working in healthcare right now and who's out there on that front line like that's serious you know what i mean like you're putting you are truly putting yourself at risk for the greater good of a bigger community for the village so to say yes so so i uh I applaud that most definitely. And uh, you let the wife know we appreciate her oh, well. out there on the front line. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, hopefully she'll uh, tune in to your to your episode. But then again, maybe not because she's the <laughs> wife. <laughs> she might be like, "No, nah, I don't need to. I don't need to hear nothing else from that man." <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. So. Um, Topic of the week. All right. This is uh, the the guest always gets to pick the topic of the week because uh, it's their episode. And the topic of the week this week is what you don't see. So uh, what does that exactly mean, Sean? What, what, is, what do you mean when you say what you don't see? Uh, you know, for me, uh, everyone's got different perspective on it. For me, is that when, when people see me, they just see all my successes, right? They, they see that I'm a published author. They see I'm a researcher, an instructor. They see that, you know, have a kid's book out. They see have Dr. Dyslexia, dude. They see all these things, right? But there's one thing they don't see or don't really know is um, what got me to this point. And that's what they don't see. They don't see my failure, my pain, my emotion, you know, my, uh, you know, wanting to give up my, my going into de- depressive, you know, modes and just really, you know, turn into alcohol or, uh, you know, just things that they don't see. They always want to talk about success. Well, I've had to fail to get to success. And so that's it. That's most, actually that's most success stories. Most success stories have failure woven throughout them. Um, I've not, I've yet to meet somebody who just hit success without having failures. Yes. So that's what I mean. Like what you don't see is that is, is what's underneath the, the pain, the, you know, personal struggles to get to where I've been, but other people too, based on their own you know, lived experiences. So when I think I say meant to say is what you don't see is those things. You don't you don't see those things. You know, everyone wants to put someone on a pedestal to acknowledge their their successes. Shoot, that ain't that ain't the experience I've experienced. Most people be trying to knock you off the pedestal. So I, I that, don't know you 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 must have you you on a different experience than I know. No, in a sense, that's true. People want to hate. People want to knock you down. They want to discredit your, your, your character. Yes, that, that's that's a part of what you don't see, too, of getting to the pedestal is having to deal with adversity and, you know, keep those thoughts and that negative energy out of your circle. And so in a sense, yes, when I say pedestal, people don't want to talk about the haters and talk about the people that, 
you know, want to bash you or like when we first started my uh, our, our kids book, we started a, a Instagram page and somebody duplicated my account and was um, wishing I would die and uh, wishing could, you would die. Yeah. And putting pictures of me getting hit by a car. What? Yeah, man. It was deep. I mean, at first it affected me. And then my pastor was like, just let it go, man. He's like, don't even don't even waste your energy on it. It was hard because, you know, when you're in it, when I'm in it, I get emotional, I get attached to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, oh, man, forget this, you know. And then uh, one of my buddies was like, hey, just go make a police report. So I went and made a police report. And, I mean, I know nothing, nothing was going to happen to it, but the account got taken down. Uh, but, yeah, man, it was, it was, I mean, I look at it, it was pretty funny, man, because, you know, wishing I got hit by a car and died. And it was a picture of me, like, bleeding out and, you know, I mean, this is the real jealousy and straight demonic people out there, you know, so. All I'm going to say is this. I'm a firm believer that uh, you truly are not successful until you have haters at the point in which you, you know what? No one hates on a failure. That's true. I'm just, I mean, just think about that logically. How many haters do you see give time to people who are failing? They don't. Haters hate on success. So that, that, that to me, that's just definition as saying, oh, I got a hater. I must be doing all right. I'm doing, I'm doing the thing. I'm making things happen. So I, I don't know that I don't want detrimental haters. I don't want haters that are, are there to truly do me harm. But if they just out there hating for the sake of hating, because that's what they do. Hey, I'll take a flu, a, a few of those. It's like, uh, it's like fleas on a dog. You you gonna have to drag a few along with you. You know what I'm saying? It's just how it go. That's, that 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 is true. You know, and I think too, in the sense, uh, in the world that I live in, in the work I do, everyone wants to be the expert, right? Everyone, particularly now, you know, where did you get your degree from? Who did you study under? Do you do quantitative research? What journals did you write in? And it's like... That's just academia, man. That's no, but I'm saying it gets deeper than that, though. Everyone's fighting for space. Everyone wants to fight to be the, the HNIC. Everyone wants to be the expert. And instead of working together collaboratively, people want to hate. They want to discredit somebody else. And it's like, come on, people. There's enough There's enough room at the table for everyone to, to eat. Right. There's enough food everybody can eat. <laughs> and, and for me... You know, I don't go around bragging I got a PhD. I don't, you know, you know, to me, that's why I bike a lot because it humbles me, keeps me grounded. It allows me to really reflect on life and writing, writing and talking about what, where I publish my work or what university I work at. That stuff doesn't matter. When I go out to the community and I work with families to teach them how to read, I think they ask me, uh, Dr. Robinson, which school did you go to? What journals did you write in? They don't care about that stuff. They want to know. Are you serious about my my son or daughter read? Can you help them? Yes, that's end of the day. And so, you know, uh, that's why I say what you what you don't see is because you know even in my doc program, I had two professors that literally failed me, and said uh, you should do something different. Like they failed me. They said you are not material, uh, PhD material. And I think it's best that you try to do something different. And at that time, I wasn't mature as I am now. And I was like, yeah. you're mature. Well, more than that was 10 years ago. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, you know, uh, yeah, Dr. Strop, 
And Dr. Carl, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Terry. Oh, you put him on blast. And I put him, every time I speak, I put him on blast. Yeah, you, you ain't, you ain't hold nothing, nothing back. back. Nope. Mm. Nope. Because mm. the thing is, you had a deficit thinking about my ability. And so instead of trying to help, you thought by discouraging me and feel me that I would just crawl in, in a little cave and cry. No, I, no, you know, heck no. So that's why I'm saying like, you don't, people don't see the experiences, you know, like I could have, you know, uh, bundled up and thrown a towel. No, that's not, that's not who I am. And so, uh, you know, th- those two experiences fueled me. And then even, you know, I had people tell me, oh, you never be a published author because my writing wasn't good. And so what I did is I put my head down and I just practiced and I found people that could help me. And then uh, I just, I just wrote. I think you said something really important right there. Um, it takes a village. You know what? I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are at your craft. It takes assistance from others. You, no one gets anything by themselves. No. And you know, uh, I'm not sure how much time we have here. Uh, you know, when you say that, uh, Dr. Uh, Kitts is a professor emeritus at the university of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. Shout out to Dr. Kitts. He's I, also a vet. You know that? I think I know that. Yeah, man. I got love for him. You should have him on here too. Hey, we, you know, hey, look, everybody's welcome on the cash. He, he, uh, when I was in my PhD program, this man spent probably more time than he needed to make sure that I got through and I was successful. He bought almost every book that I, I had in my class so he can read it with me, talk about the content with me so I could understand what I was reading and have a dialogue about it. So that's love. So, you so, know, what? that's nothing less than love. So technically he earned a second Ph.D. in my eyes because he from the beginning to the end got me through like. I'm feeling you on that. And you know what? That makes me happy to hear, to hear that, um, to hear that kind of dedication uh, amongst us people taking care of each other, helping each other reach uh, a really amazing heights and goals. And that's there's, there's something to be said for that. Yeah. And that's why I said, you know, what, what you don't see is those experiences. Even when I started Oshkosh in 96 as an 18 year old who, started college at an elementary reading level. Like who starts college at reading at an elementary level? Like that should, that's, that's, that's criminal. Like no adult should start college or be in college reading at that. Like what opportunities do they have? We talk about opportunities. What kind of justice is that? What type of, uh, life can they really live? And so that's where I was at. I was literally an 18 year old, reading at an elementary level and Dr. Nash, the one who diagnosed me and literally saved my life was like, look, man, you are one of the most illiterate kids I've ever met in my life. He's like, you're awful. He's like, you're bad. But he was like, I see a gift in you. He said, I'm gonna teach you how to read. That's what's up. And so when he taught me how to read, that's what's up. I just, uh, I, I just became a sponge and, you know, it took me six years to get my undergrad degree took me five years to get my master's, took me seven years to get my PhD. So literally I was in school 18 plus years after high school, um, getting my education, uh, and getting 
what was neglected from me uh, within those first eight, 18 years of my life, essentially, the K-12 system. So uh, that's what I'm saying. People don't know what they don't they don't see is the hardship, the trauma, the pain, you know. And then, uh, you know, growing up without a father and not me and my dad till I was 20, I think 23, 24, and all these things, you know, psychologically uh, impact people. So, um, Bruh. I feel you on that. All so, right. I think we're going to wrap it up. All right. All right. Anything else you want to throw in there? When are you going to bike with me? Uh, never. <laughs> let me, let me, let me help you out with that right now. That That is a absolute no. You, you know, one, one thing, one thing I've learned over this last uh, few months being an entrepreneur in terms of um, a book, uh, a children's book, write it with my wife and just navigating this space of the ed tech space is, um, I'd rather be a, a, a poor man with a vision than a rich man with no soul. A lot of people don't get that. No, a lot of you people who want to have a soul get it. Some people, that's not how they, that, that's not the measurement of their worth. That's true. So, I mean, to each their own, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not here to judge. That's not my job. There's somebody uh, much more greater and more powerful out there to uh, do the judging. Uh, that is not the cash. All right. So um, let me just say right now that um, please, it's that time. We're going to start wrapping it up. Uh, if you have any questions, if you'd like to be a guest, uh, if you got anything you'd like to share, you know, we are a work in progress. I must always stress that. Um, I appreciate hearing from all of y'all. Uh, please send any questions or in, any uh, anything you would like to share to askthekosh at gmail.com. Once again, that is askthekosh at gmail.com. Uh, love to hear from you. Once, uh, you know, we do. I do get people that reach out and let us know that um they like they like what we're doing they 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 uh they appreciate uh the attention that we're giving the community and how we are uh giving voice to those in our community i mean i think that's super important you know when you say community um i think it's important for for me to give a shout out uh to uh will and sprocket here in uh oshkosh because yes uh they are um they're like a family to me and they've really, uh, embraced, uh, you know, my, my family and really embraced diversity. And so I want to make sure that, uh, within this context of this, the cash that, uh, Will and Sprocket gets, uh, you know, their, 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 uh, respect for the work that they're doing in, in the community and how they trying to better the community too. Hey, mad shout out to Will and Sprocket. I'm not going to lie. I, I only set foot in there a few times, uh, only because, uh, I'm not really a bike kind of guy. Uh, but, um, when I did set foot in there, that's just, it's a, the people were super nice and, uh, super informative. I appreciated, uh, their high level of customer service and how they handled things. Yeah. One more. I'm, I'm, one oh, more no, you, hey, hey, look, there's a, we got a segment for, hey, for the shout out. So you, hey, you done, you done go ahead, so, man. Go no, on, one, shout it out. One thing they're trying to do in the spring, but moving forward is to try to try to really endorse health and really uh, try to get more uh, kids uh, 
from underserved communities to get into biking. They really want to be able to help kids get access to bikes because bikes are, are expensive. Oh, man, yeah. You know, no, so, no, no offense or buts. And I also think, like, I don't know about everybody else, but I don't care what kid you were or how affluent or not, not affluent that your family was. You had a bike. Everyone should have a bike. Everybody kicked Every it kid. with the bikes, right? <laughs> I'm from Milwaukee. You rode them in the alleys. You did the things, right? Every kid should have a bike. Like every kid should have a book. But we know that those two things are always accessible for families. This is true. You know what? You talk, keep talking about a bike. Uh, my favorite bike that I ever owned was this banana seat bike from back <laughs> in the day. This banana seat bike, that, that bike was so good to me. That was my boys running up and down. You know, because a banana seat bike, you could grab you could grab your friends. You throw somebody on the back of your banana seat bike, man. You could throw somebody on the handlebars, too, because them was the big old you know, uh, handlebars, the big U shapers. And then, man, man, I miss the rides that used to happen back on the block. That was good stuff. Well, we can, we could do, we could do a segment called, uh, bike the cash. Bruh. No, (laughs) let me help that out right now. Uh, for anyone, I'm going to put this out there to the, to the cash audience right now. If, if, uh, Sean Robinson asked you to go biking with him, it's hazing. It is not. It's not a good time. It's not fun. He trying to make you do a hundred miles. No, just 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 say one miles. Wait, just say no. Just say no. All right. I'm gonna give a quick shout out real quick on the way out of here. Uh, my shout out is to uh, actually to Cooks Plumbing. Cooks Plumbing. Look, we've been utilizing Cooks Plumbing for years, years and years and years. And all I can say is this: every time. They are solid. They do amazing work, trustful. They take care of you. Shout out, shout out, shout out to Cook's Plumbing. So thank y'all uh, for y'all coming in, hooking hooking us up with our sink and our uh, faucet and stuff. Work was quality. Appreciated the conversation. Thank you, Cook's Plumbing. All right. So um, last part before we wrap it up here is uh, you get, some parting words of wisdom. So, Dr. Robinson, what do you got for us on them parting words of wisdom? Oh, no, I'm a wisdom. Uh, you know, just be happy with yourself. Be at peace. Uh, and just do what's right. That there sounds like wisdom to me. So, I appreciate you being a guest on The Cash, Dr. Robinson, and... I look forward to y'all tuning in in a week from now for our next guest. Thank you very much for tuning in. The Kosh.